Welcome in to the Free Retiree Show, where we help you transform your life so you can become financially free. And this show will give you the inside track on how to excel in your career, filter out the noise surrounding your finances to help you make smart financial decisions, and we'll learn from bot and business leaders who can help you live your best life. I'm your host, Wealth Manager Lee Michael Murphy. I'm alongside with our career advisor, or I like to refer to him as the Yoda of career advice, Sergio Patterson. What's up? And our attorney, Matt McElroy, is not here tonight. He is actually um, entered into a Silicon Valley bikini modeling contest for Silicon Valley attorneys, and uh, he couldn't make it tonight. He's doing big things, Matt. Doing big things. I'm just kidding. He no, is he's not doing a bikini modeling <laughs> contest. <laughs> he is actually working on a motion, doing lawyer stuff, big boy stuff. So he wanted to be here tonight, but he said next episode he will be back on. We miss you, buddy. Yes, we do. Um, so 2019, sir, just coming to a close. Uh, only a couple more weeks. How's everything going on Facebook? It's great, man. I'm really looking forward to the end of the year. Um, it's pretty hectic, to be honest. I, uh, you know, towards the end of the year, everyone's pushing a lot of the projects across the finish line. So we technically have maybe 10 days left. I'm taking four days off of work next week to go to Disneyland with the family. That a boy. So I'm trying to get all of my work done this week. So I don't have to worry about it next week. Uh, so it's a grind, man. But, you know, I had a really productive day. Um, spent some time with the kids, spent some time with the wife. And now I'm here. Let's do it. That's awesome. Speaking of the kids, I had the pleasure of uh, Sergio's daughter coming by. And uh, she came and said hi a couple days ago. If you guys haven't yet, go to the Free Retiree Show on Facebook. <laughs> um, you can see a picture of Sergio's daughter there. She's so cute. Um, also updates uh since the last time we recorded last time we talked about uh, a successful culture in silicon valley sergio talked about what successful culture meant um it was a great episode if you haven't listened to it go back and listen to it but uh we just he invited me to go check out facebook so uh about a week and a half ago i got to go and uh see what it was all about and it was amazing uh, i mean the thing that was so impressive about it was just the layout. Like when I walked in on the campus, I felt like I went to great America. Yeah. The, uh, the creator and the person responsible for creating Disneyland, like the actual architect, uh, built the main campus at Facebook. So Lee was like a kid in a candy store. Literally. literally, Like I took him to the candy shop at Facebook (laughs) and he was a child. Don't, don't fat shame me. Don't, don't you dare fat shame me on the air. His eyes just, Got so wide, I just have never seen him so happy. <laughs> uh, beginning of 2020, you got to get that diet under control. But yeah, it was it was phenomenal. Like, you go onto this campus and they literally have candy shops. Uh, there was a, I think, a barbecue restaurant, yep. a Mexican restaurant. We ate at a U- Asian Fusion. They even have arcades. They had uh, a salon there. People uh, people can get their hair cut on, at Facebook. There was a dentist. Uh, literally, there was a doctor. Uh, like a facility for if you get sick, you can go to the doctor. Uh, pretty phenomenal. Uh, so, Serge, the one issue I saw with all these amenities that you have there, uh, what sort of excuses do employees come up with when they don't want to come to work? I mean, what do you, what do you say? Like, oh, I got to go to the doctor. I got to go to the dentist. Uh, now they're all here at Facebook, so <laughs> give us a better excuse. Is that uh, what? Are you, I mean, what's the best excuse you've heard of? 
Uh, that's that's a pretty good point because you legit have a state of the art wellness center with some of the best doctors. You have an optometrist. You can get your glasses. You can get an eye, your eyes checked. So, I mean, you know, there are some people who have their relationships with like their own doctors. So I think that's like a legit excuse. But again, I, I, they try to make it given how much we do work and how demanding the role is. These companies really try to make it as convenient as possible so that if you do need to take a break, you can ha- go to the go get your haircut right on campus, go to the doctor and come back to work. <laughs> <laughs> Double edged sword, that for sure, for sure. So we're coming to a close uh, for the year. Uh, not that much remaining. So just some uh, heads up on the financial things that you need to be looking at. Make sure for 2019 you do your contribution limit and your retirement plans. Uh, Nineteen thousand. If you are over the age of fifty, though, you can put an extra six thousand. But make sure you really focus on that. And then required minimum distributions. That's another thing I'd like to have all the listeners take a look at. Uh, If you're 70 and a half, or if you turn 70 and a half in 2019, you need to be aware that you're going to have to take your RMD by April 1st of next year. But if you're already in that, if you've already done the first one, uh, you got to make sure you take your RMDs before December 31st. Lee, can can I ask? Uh, what's what's R and D? You know, my parents are getting up there in age. Would love just to. Yeah. So, what your R and D is? That is a required minimum distribution. All right. So basically, that's what the U.S. tax law requires someone to take out of their retirement account, uh, their IRA, their employer retirement account. And basically, the way it works, it's a small percentage. You know, towards the beginning, and then as you get older, that percentage gets up. But basically. They want to get that money out of there. They want you to pay some taxes on it. <laughs> so, uh, but that's what an RMD is. Awesome, great question. I that's uh, I, to me. I I always know what that yeah, is. Yeah, I was, listeners curious, I was definitely like, probably I think, don't know, you know what that is. As we get older and our parents are getting older, I think these are the types of things. Like I'm curious in just to like, I'm sure my parents are doing the right things, but I think we start we're thinking about it now. But I'm sure it's like top of mind for them, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So for today's show, we got a great episode lined up for you. It's going to be really informative. Today, Sergio and I are going to be tackling, are you financially ready to buy a house? So for most Americans, it's going to be the biggest purchase they make. It's a scary decision, right? Because it's a big commitment. In this episode, we're going to give you the blueprint to let you know if you are ready to buy a house or if you're potentially putting yourself in a situation that could ruin your life (laughs) so (laughs) stay tuned if that doesn't get you interested in the show i don't know what will so we're gonna go to the break but when you're back we're gonna go into our hot topics and we're gonna be talking about uber uber's in the news stay tuned Welcome back into the show. So for our hot topic, we're going to be talking about Uber. For for most of us, we've probably taken Uber at some point in time. Um, Uber, Lyft, what they are, they're ride-hailing companies. And basically, take out your phone, call for a car. Um, So Uber, what they did is they released their first ever safety study. And in this report, it disclosed Uber's assaults and murders during the 2017-2018 time period. And Uber reported that there was roughly 
3,045 sexual assaults during its rides in the United States in 2018. Nine people murdered, 56 killed in car crashes. And uh, this was an interesting report. So, Sergio, you know, what did you think of the the numbers that they came out with? Were you concerned? Did you think it was, was it concerning to you? Uh, Yeah, I mean, anytime murder is (laughs) involved... It's a little, it's a little concerning. Um, I think it was a pretty, a pretty like uh, strong move by Uber. I think they're, they're dealing with it head on, which is I thought was cool. You know, to to be upfront about the issues they're having. Um, it is scary though. You know, I know, you know me. Be, you know, you know you and I were privileged, right? We're we're dudes, so I think we don't think about it when we're like, oh, we're gonna call an Uber, but. You know, with my wife, you know, I have a daughter. Any, It's like top of mind for my wife. She like doesn't like taking Ubers without me. So I think, you know, when, you, when I when I hear these numbers and I see these numbers, my thing is, is like they need to focus on how to improve the experience for females. Yeah. Because right now Great it's, point. it's like a crapshoot. They're rolling the dice. They're getting in the car with a stranger mm-hmm. and they're hoping the guy's not a creep. Exactly. Um, yeah. So. Interesting fact from what I learned about the reported assaults. Half of the assaults are actually, you know, the drivers. They're the ones that are complaining about this. So I think, you know, as someone that's a passenger and, you know, from what you hear, how people talk about Uber, it's mainly the passengers that are worried about, you know, getting assaulted. But it actually, what I found interesting is half of the reports are the drivers getting assaulted. So Mm. Judah Bell... 48 from Vallejo, California. She drives for Uber and she said that it is not uncommon for a passenger to put their hand between her legs. So it's, I guess, happened on multiple occasions. And that is, I mean, if you're a female driver, man, that's, that's also uh, that's a tough thing to deal with. Um, now, why Uber released this report? Um, and let's just be clear. The total percent, if we look at all of Uber's rides. So basically 1.3 billion rides in the United States last year. It's 0.0002% of these rides have incidents. Reported incidents. Reported incidents. And according to the Uber CEO, Dara Kosrasari, as a company... Well well done with that pronunciation. I I had to practice that one. I'm not going to lie. His name name was like... (laughs) So as a company, if we are going to stand for safety, we have to first be transparent. Transparency drives accountability. Accountability drives action. So Sergio, what do you think about this report? Do you think this was a good move on Uber's part or do you think this was a bad move? I think it was a good move. Uh, So... Uber's really trying to uh, change their brand and company perception. Uh, prior to Dara coming in, uh, their their previous CEO was Travis. Uh, I can't remember his last name, but he just had a really bad rap. He was just a jerk. And I think Uber's trying to do a facelift. So I think this is like step two. You've, you've probably seen a lot of commercials from Uber. They're really trying to change their perception. So I think this is a good step forward for them to at least admit that there is a problem and then started starting to put in actions and plans in place to fix the problem. Exactly. Uh, you know, something we, you and I were talking about was like potential ways to fix it. Um, one of the things is just, you know, as if you're an Uber driver, there may, maybe there should be an option of like 
you know, knowing the passenger you're going to pick up, the gender. If you're a, if you're a passenger, being able to select the gender of the driver, little things like that, I think, could go a long way to improving these these numbers. Which 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 you said they're not terrible, but like it has to be zero. There can't be murders. People can't get sexually assaulted. <laughs> it's a rough ride. <laughs> you know, it, it needs to be. You know, it can't be nine murders. It can't be fifty eight assaults or whatever it, it exactly, was. Exactly. Yeah, man. So what is Uber doing on their on their side. So I did a little bit of research. It looks like they're starting to ban riders with low ratings from the platform. Uh, they're doing more vehicle safety checks. The company has tripled the size of the safety team since 2017 to 300 employees. And they've had, and this is a great stat over 1 million drivers that have applied to Uber have been rejected. Oh, wow. So what that kind of tells you is they are starting to be more selective. So if people have maybe a criminal background, they're probably not going to get that job. So which, you know, that's a, that's definitely a step in the right direction. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's a that's a great step. And it's to me, I, again, I think it, it's a strong move and it's the right move for them to come out with these numbers. And we're starting to see those actions. I think it's great. I think um you know, it, it should it shouldn't be so easy to become an Uber or Lyft driver. There's a lot of responsibility, and you know the the company's putting themselves at risk when they're letting people get in cars, and not, you know, have a very clear and strict policy on on how you become a driver. So I think this is awesome. Yeah, I think it's a great move for the company, and you know, obviously, there's always problems. You know, these are societal problems, obviously, right? Over the last couple of years, you you hear about these things all over the news. Yep. And I don't think it's you know it's not fair to say Uber's doing a terrible job. Uh, so I thought about you know, in the in the olden days when we took taxi cabs, like I thought about all my bad situations, and then and I said, you know, let me think about all my bad situations with Uber. So. I wrote down my worst situations with cabs before Uber came along. So, uh, number one, I drove with a guy in San Francisco that was literally putting the pedal to the metal and getting air on the hills in San Francisco. (laughs) I thought I was going to die. I had a taxi cab driver steal my cell phone uh, in San Francisco. He basically... Like intentionally? No, what happened was I left my phone on the seat and then the guy drove around the corner. My friend called him and said, oh, you know, we left the cell phone. He picks up my phone and he says, oh, yeah, well, I'm already really far away. And, was like, and we're like, hey, we just saw you turn the corner. You're just a block away. Yeah. And then he's like, well, what are you going to give me to come back? Oh, I remember you told me about this yes. story. Dude, I don't want to interrupt you, but this would be a great way to engage our listeners. Email us, ask at thefreeretiree.com, your craziest taxi story or Uber story. Yes, and we'll, if 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 it wins, we'll we'll put it up on the Facebook page. Yes, we will. Uh, we'll share it. Uh, we're interested to hear. But keep going, man. Sorry to interrupt you. So then after that, I took. I went to Argentina. I got robbed in Argentina by a taxi cab driver. Um, got hustled in Chile by a taxi cab driver. Uh, basically, they wouldn't give me my luggage at the airport. They said there was an airport tax, and he wouldn't give me my luggage, which I'm pretty sure there's not an airport tax. Wow. Um, and then. The one that topped the list, I got threatened with a gun by a taxi cab driver in SF. I uh, opened the car door to step out, and then I was going to get my wallet out because, you know, I just didn't want to get it while I was sitting. And he's like, hey, man. He's like, I'm packing heat. I was like, uh, hold on, man. <laughs> in, like, wait, in San Francisco? In San Francisco, yeah. 
That's um, surprising. You know, so these are if I, I've never got anything close to these sort of things in Uber. I think the worst thing I had, uh, uh, some friends and I, we went to a country concert and uh, I got the cab and a friend of mine who was a female, she projectile vomited on the Uber driver. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. and all the, uh, the only, she got a one star rating. No, I got a one star rating because oh, I got the rating. Uber, and all the guys said like he just he yelled two fifty, and I was like, "What do you mean two fifty? He's like, "You have to pay me two fifty because that's what it's going to take to detail my car." And I was like, "Fair enough, that's and, fair." Yeah, I think so, it's fair. And that so that worst experience wasn't. I mean, that was my fault. Wow, so, you know, Uber has clearly made this ride hailing uh the, the ride hailing industry is just so much better yeah i i have to agree man i mean it's just convenience it's that instant gratification world that we live in now i think there's some pros and cons but uh yeah i think uber for the most part has made our lives easier yeah i definitely. mean it, that's like that's that's just facts um but there are a lot of ways they need to make the experience better and safer for for people no doubt no doubt all right so we're going to go to the break but before we go to the break if you like our show please make sure to sub subscribe and share us on facebook and linkedin if you want us to discuss a certain topic or listen to other episodes you can go to thefreeretiree.com forward slash show uh subscribe to us we're on apple Podcasts, spotify anchor uh, google Podcasts. And as Serge said, if you have some questions or you want to give us a best story, ask at thefreeretiree.com. Welcome back in and on to our market overview. So as we discussed a couple weeks back when we did our last podcast, uh, there was a nice run up in the market. And uh, one thing that I mentioned was I thought that, you know, a lot of this, uh, the rally that we were experiencing at that point in time was kind of built up on the hype with the China US trade deal. That ended up hitting a speed bump right at the beginning of December. We saw a lot of market volatility. Uh, things have seemed to recover since then in a recent job report. Unemployment fell back down to 3.5%, a 50-year low. Uh, last month, it had jumped up a little bit, went up to about 3.6%. So right now, we're getting solid numbers uh, in the unemployment space. Uh, when we look at the industries that are doing well right now, healthcare stands out, transportation, the restaurant industry. Between those three, about 266,000 jobs were added. Wow. So the unemployment number is excellent. Um one interesting thing, uh, people entering the workforce or looking for a job over the last year has risen by 1%. Uh, 
And interestingly enough, people age 65 and older are uh, going back to work. So of the people that came back, of the people that were 65 and older, 700,000 came from that category. Wow, that's a that's a really interesting stat, man. Um, what are what are your thoughts? I'll share my thoughts in a bit, but what what do you think is kind of the root cause of that? I think that has a lot to do with people not planning for retirement. You know, the cost of living is you know it's all going up, and people probably didn't plan for retirement, and you know they probably fell short, and so they have to go back to work. That's my honest opinion, or they're just really getting bored at home. <laughs> Maybe a combination of the two. Yeah, it's probably a combination of two. I think. I think to your point, I think people don't understand how important it is to, to save for retirement. And then, yeah, with the cost of living, you know, I, I know, you know, it's top of mind for my parents. My dad retired a couple of years ago. My mom wants to retire. So it's very, they're at that point now where they're trying to minimize all of their expenses and thinking about that. And uh, it makes sense. You know, some people, they try to retire and maybe they have to go back to work to, um, you know, if they didn't, if they didn't prep. Yeah, so it's interesting numbers that are coming out, but it's letting us know basically like, hey, people aren't doing a good enough job taking retirement seriously. And yeah, that's just human nature. We always want to put it off and put it off. And then, you know, it's, then eventually you get old and you start to have to realize like, man, I haven't saved enough. And what am I going to do to fix that? Well, I'm planning one of my kids is going to be like a super genius or a something. I see that. So I see that with those those Patterson them, children. One of them will, will take care of me. So you got I don't got to worry about retirement. I, I got you. Yeah, you got <laughs> it, man. On a positive note, it looks like a new trade deal is set for congressional approval between the U.S., Mexico and Canada. Nancy Pelosi said it was a win or a victory for American workers and much better than the NAFTA deal. And what they're calling this is the USMCA or United States, Mexico, Canada agreement. All right. So getting a lot of progress on the trade front, but that's what we got going on in the markets. And that is your economic update. Welcome back in to the Free Retiree Show. So we are talking, are you prepared to purchase real estate? So let me just talk a little bit about society's perception of real estate. And, you know, when we put the show together, we made a promise that we would try to filter out the BS on a lot of certain issues. And I feel like 
there's probably a lot of BS when it comes to like real estate purchases. And we'll get into that. But everyone's telling you basically you need to buy a home. You're stupid if you don't own a home. Like you need to do whatever you can to buy a home. And one thing I would say is it is great for you to own a home. You can build up equity. But just because the banks, the realtors, the lenders are telling everyone you're stupid if you don't have a home, you need to buy a home the right way, right? Um, And what I want to get across today is make sure you're not putting yourself in a terrible financial situation, compromising your financial future just to say that you're owning a home. What do you think, Serge? Yeah, dude, that's, I love how you brought back, it's kind of full circle, but filtering out the BS. I think we, like you said, we started that with, with episode one, but me being, being someone who rents a home, uh, I think it's in my ear all the time. You need to buy, you need to buy, you can afford it. I'm in a good position, but I think to your point, I want to make sure I'm financially like beyond financially stable in a amazing place before I put myself in, in my family in that sort of, uh, risk, risky, uh, situation when you're taking on such a large amount of money. Yeah, exactly. So we go back and we look at 2008, right? Everyone had a home, you know, everyone had huge mortgages and then a ton of people end up losing their home and, uh, you know, declaring bankruptcy. And, you know, one thing that I've noticed, I have yet to meet a realtor or a lender that has gone over someone's budget and done a proper financial analysis on their cash flow and their spending habits. Just because you get approved for a loan doesn't mean they went over your spending habits and your cash flow. Maybe there is. I actually know some good realtors that that maybe do that. But it's very rare, right? It's more like whatever we can do yeah. to get you into that it's, house. It's very rare. I, I luckily know I have a family friend who did something similar but I'd say the majority are trying to get you into a house. The, oh, the yeah. good ones will will actually be a good that give you guidance, and 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 give you the truth. Exactly. Oh, you got these Victoria's Secret credit cards. Uh, you know that's killing your cash flow. But you know what? I can probably get you into a house. I hate that's Victoria's l- Secret. Well, yeah, yeah, credit cards. Or <laughs> you know, you got tons of student debt interest, and it's gonna and it's about to ruin your damn life. But have you heard of an FHA loan? You know, so those are the sort of things you actually really do here. Or do you ever hear from your realtor or your lender, man, your credit score really sucks. Your debt to equity is pretty crappy. Hey, do you think a friend would co-sign for you? So these are the sort of things that you hear. And the, the thing is that the banks, the realtors, the lenders, they want to get you to make that purchase. But is it? the right decision for you. We're going to be talking about six things that you need to look at before you make this purchase. All right. So on to tip number one, emergency fund, right? So Serge, you've heard me preach about the emergency fund. Yeah, I hate it. Yes, he hates it. Just kidding. (laughs) You do hate it. (laughs) Bites me on it all the time. But basically, three to six months of your expenses in cash, sitting in savings, checking. Why do you need emergency fund? Because shit happens. Yes. Job loss, right? Stuff at the house breaks, like your refrigerator. You know, I, just, I had a refrigerator go out on me. 
four thousand dollars. What kind of refrigerator do you have? Is I'll tell like you. I'll tell you what refrigerator stupid refrigerator I have. It's called a counter depth refrigerator. Uh, if I could have got a refrigerator that was bigger uh, and better for fifteen hundred, but since mine was a special size, what they call counter depth. I had to pay four thousand. Does it like make so your pressed. food for you? Also, it should have. It should have. Well, anyway, I digress. Uh, things in your house go out, right? Your roof, medical cost. So interesting stat: twenty six percent of the population. This is according to Vanguard. Have unpaid medical bills that they're currently paying off. Why do you think they got into those situations? Something unexpected happened, and they started racking up debt. So you have to have an emergency fund. If you don't have that, it's going to put you in a downward spiral eventually. Yeah, right. I was mostly joking earlier. I think 100% aligned with you, man. Having that savings, whatever it may be, you need to have something. Because what ends up happening, if you don't have anything, you're going to rack up credit card debt. You're going to you're gonna leverage your credit cards as your emergency fund. Exactly. And that's, that's the last thing you want to do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So that brings us on to tip number two, get out of debt, student debt, credit card debt, auto loans. If you are in the situation where you're really considering like, hey, this is the time for me to buy a house, get all that stuff out of the way because you don't need that over your head if you're going to make the biggest purchase of your life, take on the most debt, more debt than you could possibly imagine. You want to get that stuff out of the way. Because if that's hanging over your head, uh, being a homeowner, it's going to be really difficult, right? So get out of debt. Number three, have a good down payment. Now, this goes back to kind of the things that I was talking about in the beginning of this discussion. Too many lenders, realtors, it's all about, oh, let's see how much you can qualify for instead of how much you can afford. So... Make sure you have a good down payment, right? Don't don't leverage it 100%, right? 20% is where you should be because if you have 20%, you can avoid PMI, which is you know primary mortgage insurance. Uh, if you have to pay for that, that's going to add an additional 1%, uh, you know, in cost. So, you know, and it's going to make a higher payment for yourself. So, an ideal world. Try to make sure you got 20% down. Yeah. Hey, Lee, can let me chime in really quick? So yeah. I've been seeing a lot, at least in, in the Silicon Valley. Again, guys, we're in the Bay Area. Um, a lot of my coworkers and friends have been investing in other states. Uh, like Austin. I've, I've got a friend that just bought a house in Kansas City um, where it's, it's much easier to get into a house. I'd be curious because, you know, what are your thoughts on, you know, for folks that live in California... If let's say they are in a good position and they're able to put that 20% down in other states, are there any thoughts like where, like where you're purchasing? How does that come into play? You know, there's a lot of different options when it comes to purchasing outside of uh, the state or purchasing an investment property. But I think what you really got to look for is, uh, you know, is there jobs in that area that you're buying? So, a lot of people, you know, they buy uh, investment property out in the middle of nowhere and because it's a beautiful location or they have their reasons of why they buy it. But I think one of the most important things is you want to buy in an area where 
you have a potential for appreciation and there's growth right there. Right. So, you know, and that there's that real estate phrase, location, location, location. Yeah, and that's so true. Like yeah. you want to go where there's going to be, where you think that there's going to be future growth. Right. So, um, everyone's got different places in mind when it comes to, uh, investment properties. But I think you have to look at particularly, where the jobs are going. Yeah. I think if you're making a decision to, you know, make an investment real estate purchase, look where the jobs are going. All right. On to tip number four, create a healthy cash flow. right? So there's a new rule as Sergio and Matt always give me crap for is they don't like my uh, financial rules. I'm going to give a new one today. It's the 28 36 rule. Did you just come up with this? <laughs> No, actually, I did not. Is this, is this an actual rule? No. Oh well, no, this is an actual rule, but I did not. I did not make it up. Okay. So there is a rule that you should not exceed twenty eight percent of your monthly gross income on your housing costs. So what that's going to be? That's going to be things like your mortgage payments, your interest, your insurance, your property taxes, uh, HOA, everything associated with the cost of owning a home. Uh, you want to make sure that that's not going to exceed 28% of your monthly gross income, right? So listeners, if you do the math and you're going above that, you should probably reconsider. Another thing is that 36. So what's the 36? That is basically your total monthly debt payment. So that includes credit cards, uh, student loans, and that should not exceed 36% of your gross income. So you know, maybe you're not great on the 28. Uh, maybe you're a little higher than that. But if you take all your total debt and you're below that 36% threshold, you should be good. But if you're going over that, you're getting into the danger zone. Yeah, this this is great. It's very easy to understand and I think tactical for anybody that's looking to buy a house. Yeah, and it, just common sense rules, right? So number five, factor in the closing fees, right? So... When people get into this situation where they're about to buy a home, they think about, oh, the down payment. Very seldom do people really think about the closing fees, right? So, you know, what do you think, Serge, the closing fees generally run? Uh, anywhere from like 3 to 7%, somewhere that's, in that that's, range. That's pretty close, actually. So it's rated around like 3 to 4%, right? So you got to make sure you have that, you know, to... Do the appraisal, you know, loan origination documents, title search, credit stuff, all that. So make sure you have extra money set aside. Don't don't strap yourself too thin. And number six uh, is the cost of maintaining a home. So a lot of people go into these situations. They say, why would you rent when you can buy? You're just throwing away the money. These In voices, the, man. I, I know. I have great voices, right? <laughs> <laughs> but... There is a cost associated with owning a home, right? Totally. Roof, paint, flooring, landscape. Uh, and on average, you're going to spend 1% to 2% of your home's value in upkeep, right? So you you got to factor that in as well. Yeah, this one really resonates with me. I As a renter, I think it's uh, – I joke with some of my buddies who own homes. I'm like, I don't have to worry about that. When something goes wrong, you know, it's it's up to the homeowner whether it's, you know, landscaping, the fence, the roof, the paint. Um, so I think just just really, you know, my, my two cents is 
don't buy a home for optics. Buy a home because it's right for your situation. Exactly. Some, for some people, renting may make sense for a while. For others, you may put yourself in a good situation to buy, but do it for yourself and, and make sure you're in a good situation. Exactly. And like we're saying, we're not, we're not bashing home ownership. It's a great thing, but we're all about filtering out that BS. Make sure you're in the right situation. Don't let the bank tell you you're making a terrible decision by not doing it. Don't let the realtor tell you you're making a bad decision by not buying real estate. Don't let the lender do that. Make sure you have the right financial stability, right? Because owning a home, building up equity is great, right? When you're ready for it. So that's our main message, right? Um, make sure you're ready. If you guys have questions, you know, send us an email. Uh, be happy to help you out. All right, everyone. That's a wrap. We're signing off. Thank you for tuning into the show. If you haven't done so yet, please like, share, subscribe to the show. We appreciate all the love and support from the listeners. Hope you all have a wonderful holiday. So long from the Free Retiree Show. Advisory services offered through RP Advisory Services Incorporated, a registered investment advisor with the Securities and Exchange Commission. Securities offered through Securities America Incorporated, member FINRA, www.finra.org, SIPC, www.sipc.org, a separate entity. Lee Michael Murphy is licensed with the California Department of Insurance, license 0H18660. The Free Retiree, RP Advisory Services, and Securities America are separate entities. Career advisors Sergio Patterson and attorney Matt McElroy are not affiliated with RMP Advisory Services or the Securities America Company. Securities America, RMP Advisory Services Incorporated, and its representatives do not provide tax or legal advice. Therefore, it is important to coordinate with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. Third party sourced information or comments are not verified, may not be accurate, and are not necessarily representative of all client or audience experience all or a portion of this event was paid by a third party the opinions of a career advisor sergio patterson do not reflect the opinions of facebook incorporated the opinions of attorney matt mcgallery do not reflect the opinions of castaneda and company